بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمد الحمدللہ ٹوڈے از دا سیونتھ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فور الحمد للہ وی موو of the blessed surah al-mu'minun and i've reached verse 112 so going through the verses to the end of the surah so verse 112 audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim he will say what number of years did you stay on the earth verse 113 they will say we stayed a day or part of a day but ask those who keep count so here allah the almighty and glorious he's mentioning he's asking the people how many years did you stay on the earth and the response will be a day or part of a day so who is allah the almighty and glorious talking to so this is a hadith so this hadith is recorded in abu nu'aym al-hilya 5-132 Hafiz ibn Rajab in Al-Takhweef min al-Nar, fleeing from the fire, page 241 to 3 of the New English Translation. Aifa ibn Abdul Qala'i, Tabi'in, Rahmatullah alayhi, he relates that Rasulullah said, so it's Mursal, that Allah alayhi said, when the people of paradise enter it, and the people of hell enter it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say first to the people of paradise, these two verses, how long did you remain on earth in number of years? They will say we remained a day or part of a day. Ask those who count. He subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, excellent is what you traded, a day or part of a day in exchange for my mercy, satisfaction, and paradise remain therein eternally forever subhanallah so stop in the report so everybody's entered qiyamah has finished people have entered paradise people have entered the fire allah ta'ala first talks to the people of paradise and he will ask us inshallah how long did you stay i how long did you stay on the earth We will say, look how interesting, we will say this. We stayed on the earth a day or part of a day. Think about that. You may have lived a hundred years, ten years, thousand years like the people of the past. We will say a day or part of a day. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Excellent trade. In other words, just for a day or part of a day, you got eternal pleasure. Because how, because how great an investment. Then the Prophet said, he will then turn to the people of the fire. He asks them the very same questions. The same two verses. What number of years did you stay on the earth? They will say exactly the same. We stayed a day or part of a day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, wretched is what you traded. A day or part of a day in exchange for my anger. disobedience and hellfire remain therein eternally forever so Allah Ta'ala turns to the people of the fire same verses 
they will say exactly the same. We stayed only a day. So imagine, you know, some shaitans like, you know, um, Haman, you know, live for God knows how many years, Namrud. Right? But they will say a day or part of a day. Allah goes, what a bad investment. For a day or part of a day, eternal damnation. Then the Prophet said, they will then say, and they will recite, going back to verse 107, رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا مِنْهَا فَإِنْ عُدْنَا فَإِنَّا ظَالِمُونَ Our Lord, remove us from it. And if we were to return to evil, we would truly be oppressors. He will say, verse 108, Remain, despise therein, do not dare speak to me. Then the Prophet said, This will be the last time that the Lord, the exalted and majestic, speaks to them. So they will then beg. So now look how amazing. What is the verse? Who is the verse talking to? Or talking about? Everybody. You will end up in paradise or hell. There's no halfway house. These two verses are talking about everybody. We want to hear this in paradise. Imagine somebody asks you that question. What do you want to hear in paradise? Because I want to hear this in paradise. Verse 112 and 113 of Surah Mu'minun. People so distant from the Quran. What are you talking about? He looks at it. What number of years did you stay? They will say we stayed a day or part of a day. Why do you want to hear that in paradise? Because that's the place you know you're successful. You don't want to hear this in hell. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> Meaning you're doomed. So look how amazing Allah Ta'ala is telling you that your stay in this world is short. And what? Who says it? Allah Ta'ala doesn't say it. We say it. So when we're in paradise, all the woodies, problems, taklif we went through, you don't even mention it. You just say, you said, a day? No part of a day. And yet when you're going through it in this worldly life, you think it's mountains on your shoulders. And in people in hell, all the masti they did, you know, all the shaitani they did, the people they destroyed, they won't say, well, we had a good innings. They'll say, oh, no, for a day or part of a day, Allah Ta'ala goes, Damnation upon you. And also in another part of the Quran, Surah 79, verse 46. Surah 79, verse 46. Allah Ta'ala says something very interesting in that verse. The translation. The day they see it, it will be as if they had tarried, but a single ashiyah, or it's duha. Mm. Duha. Mm. So what does you will think that you spent a, a Shia or a Duha. What does this mean? It means you will feel like you only spent a day or part of a day when you go to the next life. So your whole worldly life, like they say, flashes before your eyes. That's literally what happens. It flashes. And the Quran says you will think not even a day. It's just a part of a day. Now what's interesting, another verse Surah 10 verse 45, Allah Ta'ala says, It will be as if they had lived an hour of the day. So a person gets starts scratching his head, he goes, Is it a part of a day? Is it an hour? The Quran's mentioning it, so there's no doubt about this. So the scholars explain, Whatever the case, it'll be feel like it's just a flash. Your life is so quickly moving, it's going. Here the metaphor is used, a single or at most till the following morning. Death is like sleep. 
in sleep we do not know how time passes so when you die you sleep this is system of death but when you sleep how quickly does time pass you go to sleep you wake up you think wait seven eight hours gone where did they go that is life you know you don't actually think did i actually spend it was i asleep eight hours i felt like i closed my eyes and i opened it that's what happens when you open your eyes in the next you think did, did i live a life so the quran is telling you in different verses that it's very short and also the famous verse hatta zurtumul maqabir alhaakumut taqathur hatta zurtumul maqabir you are distracted by the piling until you visit your grave so allah taala how does he describe the world <laughs> he doesn't say you are distracted by the world alhaakumut dunya because alhaakumut taqathur taqathur means piling you know you put another block and another block allah taala goes the piling is distracting you piling what money land property you go oh, is that distracting you then allah taala answers hatta zulutumul maqabir until zur until zur you visit the graves until you visit the graves allah taala goes then you're in for a rude awakening the piling distracted you you fools right until you go to the grave but the quran describes the grave as a visit hatta zur so hafiz ibn kayyim said rahmatullah alayh if the world is a blink the quran is telling you and the grave stay in the graves a visit oh my god he goes what is the day of judgment look what allah taala is telling you in the quran you got to reflect upon it he goes your life in this world is nothing it's so sure you don't know what's going on you'll find out allah taala says when you die then you go into the state of a visit somebody goes visit people have been in the graves for thousands of years it's still a visit you're visiting somebody you know when you go to somebody's house okay brother mashallah oh mashallah welcome you just sit down have pakori samosa then have minute okay i'm going now jazakallah khair he goes oh that's grave that's not grave quran says it why is allah taala telling you that because you're wasting your life you have to prepare for all that in this blink boss distracting you takathur next grant next grant next grant next plot of land next days going to get kids married off going to give him a house next minute drop dead then what happens don't give a monkeys about all that so gone to lay brother you know you're visiting now who am i visiting granddad no you're in the grave they all having a little visit then you got the grant so the quran is telling you again and again and why is that interesting because that is putting everything in perspective we sometimes mess things up people say no no brother i'm gonna i'm gonna become a really good person when i get older <laughs> then you think mashallah angel of death you got a contract with him <laughs> right you know what's going on there what do you mean that what did you mean then you know like you know you know what it is you know i'm gonna become really pious when you get so you shut down now imagine Yeah, you you know you having a little sleep but you do shaitani when i get to tajid time i'll i'll be compliant you're still asleep brother stop for allah and also what does allah tala say in verse 
قال كم لبثتم في الأرض عدد سنين عدد سنين what number of years did you stay on the earth now what's interesting about that in surah 19 verse 84 surah maryam radiyallahu surah 19 verse 84 allah taala says something and again we don't even reflect upon the quran what does allah taala say inna ma na'uddu lahum adda we count out to them a number Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we count out to them a number. What does that mean? We count out to them a number. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi said in his Ihya 4-205, this counting refers to the number of breaths. Allahu Akbar. Allah ta'ala is telling you, if you put it simply, you've got this amount of breaths. Not one breath more, Not one breath less. Mm. It goes to another person. You've got this amount of breaths. Mm. Now why is Allah Ta'ala? That's how his age. That's how. Somebody goes, how old are you brother? Which person says this? Uh, I'm, uh, at the moment I'm 225,633,225 mm. breaths old. Mm. You think, what are you talking about brother? <laughs> right? And he goes, oh, oh, you ask me how old I am. Huh? And he goes, I didn't ask you how many breaths you've had. Oh, are you Muslim? <laughs> And he goes, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, Muslim. Oh, have you read Surah 19 verse 84? He looks at it, he goes, we count out to them a number. What, what does that mean? Allah Ta'ala goes, I'm, I'm taking it off. <laughs> Now, if you think like that, what happens? Urgency comes into your life. You think, oh my God, breaths. When you start saying, I'm 52, 50, 50, 50 I'm 49. <laughs> I've got another 17, 35 years ahead of me. If somebody goes, oh, you got 20,000 breaths left. Next minute, you don't care how many millions of breaths. What? Right? And he goes, Allah Ta'ala is telling you, wake up. Also, as Sudhi said about this verse, means years, months, days, and hours in Ibn Katil's tafsir. He goes, there's a clock. And also, I went to a museum once. And there was a <laughs> shop with this. And there's an hourglass. You know the hourglass? Sand. And I saw it. I said, what's that? He goes, it's a hundred year hourglass. Meaning, it will, the sun will go down after a hundred years. Yeah. And I looked at it, sun was coming down. And I thought, what's the first thing I went to? I thought, is that my life if I have a good innings? <laughs> I looked at it, I thought, if I live a hundred years, this is my life. And I looked at the sun, I thought, Maria. <laughs> But when you go out, you go, I'm still young, I'm, I'm, I'm 25. Yeah, hourglass, man, you just saw it. Why have they got that in the museum? So what does that tell you? When you have that mindset, dunya doesn't mean anything to you. Dunya doesn't mean nothing. I don't care what happens, brother. What? What happened? Yeah, yeah, you owe oh, a financial crash. Oh, brother, alhamdulillah, don't worry about it. Financial crash. Right? The Prophet said in Bazaar Sayyid Hadith, He who is suffering or going through hardships, let him remember death. This will comfort him. He who, he, he who is in ease, let him remember death. This will alert him. Look how the Prophet is explaining the Quran. All the Prophet is doing is he's living Quran. He lived it and he's explaining it. So we're either going through hardship or ease. What's the cure? Both ways. Remember death. Somebody goes, brother, I do remember death. No, brother, you don't. You're studying Quran. Look at these verses. Now you're thinking about death. You think, oh, 
And then you go, wow, chips. You start laughing, you go, wow, chips. I'm, I'm worried about the blink. What about a grave? That's a visit. I'm worried about the blink. And then you go, what about day of judgment? And look how priorities are all messed up. We are worried about dunya as if it's kiamat. We think about the grave as if it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. And kiamat's like, oh, we'll get to that bridge when you cross it. Right? And then somebody goes, you've completely turned the dial. You should be so concerned about the day of judgment. Then the grave and this world should be like, yeah, we'll get to it. It's going through. So this is the Quran. The Prophet said in Al-Qudai, in his Musnad, the Quran is the cure. The Quran is the cure. This is why people are ill. They don't look at the Quran. Imagine, right? Because of Quran, oh brother, the Quran's too deep. You've got a PhD, brother. You know, I don't mind a guy can't read or lie saying that. You've got a PhD. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I, I know a person like that. Quran's too deep. And I said, you've got a PhD. I told him that. And then he had a little chuckle. Went, I thought, wow, Right? Verse 114. He will say, you stayed not but a little if you had only known. Allahu Akbar. Lord Allah subhanahu said to the people of paradise, you stayed a little. You're right. He says to the people of hell, you stayed a little. You're right. <laughs> Meaning, what a bad bargain. And look at these people. They think they're clever. Look at the zulm taking place in Palestine. They think they're clever. Look, we've done them over. We've done them over. What? What have you done over? You've taken them to paradise. You've destroyed yourself. For the blink, you sacrificed eternity. Who's done? They've done you over. But Muslims aren't even thinking like this. Like, oh, where's Allah? Where's it? Like, what are you worried about the blink for? Right? Where are all the prophets now? For those? Didn't they live their lives? Where's the Sahaba now? For those? Didn't they have, you know, worries and problems? Imagine going to the Sahaba. Remember that time you were you had stones around your stomach? They laughed their heads off. Oh, yeah. What about it? He goes, you know, Subhanallah. And here we are in it. Now it's our turn. We're on the stage now. What are we doing, brother? Buying land, mashallah. Verse 115. Did you think that we created you in jest and that you would not be broke back to us? Subhanallah. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. He goes, do you think this is a game that I created you? And then you could do whatever you want. You're not coming back. That's a question. It's not the question. It's an answer. Now these last verses, let me give you the reports. These are very, very dear verses to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the hadith is in Hakim al-Tirmadi, Abu Ya'la, Ibn Mundir, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Asini, Abu Nu'im al-Hiyya, Ibn Mardawi, Baghwi, Ta'alami, Qurtubi, Mazhari, Marif al-Quran, volume 6, page 339 of the English translation. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he came across a person who was very ill. He then recited these last verses, verse 115 to the end, into his ears. And he was cured immediately. When this news reached the Prophet he said, what did you recite in his ears? O Ibn Masood. And Ibn Masood said, Ya Rasulullah, I recited the last few verses of Surah Mu'minun. The Prophet said, I swear by him who has power over my life. If a person with genuine Iman were to recite these verses on a mountain 
the mountain would move from its place. So let's look at this. <coughs> so let's look at the just the translation. This is what he decided into his ears. Did you think that we created you in jest and that you would not be brought back to us? Glorified be Allah, the King, the truth. There is no God but He, Lord of the glorious throne. <coughs> If anyone invokes besides Allah, any other God, he has no authority and his reckoning will be only with his Lord. Verily, the unbelievers are unsuccessful. Say, O oh my Lord, grant forgiveness and mercy, for you are the best of those who show mercy. How did Ibrahim Masood know that he had loved? This is a cure. This man was very ill. We don't know what illness it was. Straight away. I'm cured. The Prophet ﷺ said, What did you decide? Now that shows the Prophet didn't tell him. What did you decide, Ibn Masood? He said, I decided these verses, Ya Rasulullah. He said, Subhanallah, if you've got genuine iman, this will move a mountain. Now, why are these verses the end of Surah Mu'minun? Because look how beautiful were these verses at the end of Surah Mu'minun. What does Mu'minun mean? The believers. So ultimately, the believers are successful. At the end of Surah Mu'minun, that means at the end, they are successful. That's why the verses are here. Allah just places verses, you know, here, just here and there. Why has he put them here? This is number one. Should we decide this? Yes. There's a hadith. In Ibn Asini, Ibn Manda, Abu Nu'im, Imam Sayyuti stated, Hassan in Fattul Qadid 3-502. And Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 5, Page 667 of the New English Translation, Qandul Omal, Volume 2, Page 327, Al Isab. Muhammad ibn Ibrahim Al Taymi, Rahmatullah, relates on the authority of his father, Allah. Rasulullah once set us, on, set us out on a jihad, an expedition. He ordered us to recite these verses, these last verses from 115 to the end, in the evening and morning. Thus, we re recited it. We were able to take spoils and we remained safe. Let's look at this. Rasulullah sends a small you know, group of Sahaba out on jihad. He goes, recite these verses morning and evening, once in the morning, once at night. They did it. They came back and everybody's thinking, no, the scratch. Loads of spoils. The Sahaba goes, we recited it, Ya Rasulullah. <laughs> So what, is, what was the Prophet telling them? If you want quick blessings in the world, safety in the world, recite these last verses once in the morning and once in the evening. So now why is it very interesting? The Prophet could have said that to the Sahaba sitting in the masjid. Why did he give it to the ones who were going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because they are the ones you think they're in danger now. They're in the line of fire. They're away, they'll get injured, something could happen, they might have a serious injury, they this now, the other. The Prophet was really telling you that, look, even if you're in that situation where you think anything can now strike you, I could die any moment, this will still bless you. This will still give you honor and protection in the world. Then what about the one who decides it without going out in the path of Allah? So not again. Quran, see you next Ramadan. Right? Allah is giving you the gifts. But we know, let's go to Peel Sahab. What's he going to tell you? 
had a dream, right? That's what Allah was saying here. Martin Luther King, heaven was having dreams now, astaghfirullah. <laughs> right? So again, these verses should be recited also. There's another day for. So this is in Zad al-Ma'ad, volume 4, page 67 to 9. Hafiz ibn Qayyim, big scholar, rahmatullahi, he mentioned about Ibn Taymiyyah, his teacher, quoting, Often, my sheikh would recite in the ear of the insane these verses. So the sheikh is saying, Ibn Taymiyyah, when a person was mad, he, you know, he became mad, because he would often recite these verses into their ear. And then he said, once, <laughs> he recited this verse in a man-man's ear, and the possessed spirit took a deep breath and said, Yes. So what's going on? When he recited the first verse in this man who's insane. Did you think we created you in jest and you would be not be brought back to us? That shaitan inside went, yes. He's mocking the Quran. So Ibn Taymiyyah, he goes, he took a stick and he started beating the man on the, the veins of his neck until his arm got tired. He started whacking him on the neck. And he goes, my sheikh's arms got tired. And everybody thought the man's dead because he's killed him. The beating, I guess all of a sudden he goes, he's, he's hitting him, hitting him on the neck. And then suddenly a voice came out of the man. He goes, I love him. I love him. The sheikh goes, he doesn't love you. The voice came out of the man's mouth. I want to do hajj with him. I want to do hajj with him. The sheikh said, he doesn't want to make hajj with you. Then there was a pause. Then a voice came out. He said, I will leave him in your honor. The sheikh goes, Astaghfirullah. He goes, you leave in obedience to Allah Ta'ala and his messenger. Then the person's voice, I will leave him. As soon as he said that, the madman sat up. As if he'd just woken up. He looked left and right. He saw the gathering. He said, oh, Sheikh, why did you come to me? Yeah. What are you doing here with the stick? Because he saw him with the stick. Those present said, you were just being beaten. We thought you died. He said, why would the Sheikh beat me when I've done nothing wrong? He was not even aware of a single strike. Then Ibn Qayyim said, the Sheikh also treated the possessed persons with Ayat al-Kursi. And he would often recite the last two surahs as well. So now what's interesting. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah recited these verses of the madmen. They weren't mad. The jinn took possession. And you start reciting it. Right? And what's interesting, you know, we're not like these shays, but I've done it myself. And you get reaction. Because Quran, they can't hide from the Quran, the jinnat. They start reacting to it. But this one, he was quite strong. So when the first verse was recited, did you think we created you as a joke? You know, they turn into us. He mocked it. He goes, yeah. So Ibn Taymiyyah goes, right, yeah. He got the snake, start whacking him. Now, what's interesting about that? This doesn't mean we can do it. You need to be a trained exorcist. Secondly, you need to know where to strike. He was striking him on the neck. That's interesting. Why? Because they take control of the brain. So striking them on the neck affects the oxygen to the brain. So the jinn is getting hurt. You know, start walking him all over the place, you know, break his leg, give him a broken nose. What are you doing with that? Because Sheikh did it, right? Sheikh didn't break any bones. That's the technique. Then what happened? The jinn left, but well, he tried that one last trick. What was that one last trick? I don't know what they're laughing at, right? 
What's the one last trick? The last trick the jinn pulled out was what? He said, I'll leave them for your honor. I'll leave them for your honor. Right? So when Quran's being recited, only shayateen laugh. Think about that. I'm quoting Quran, you're laughing, astaghfirullah. What? And I'm talking about possession. And look at the state you're in there. No wonder you're in these states, astaghfirullah. Right? The Sahabu would even look up when the Quran was recited. You know, you know, it's not, and think about it. This is why we're ill. You know, we go, why we're ill, we're ill, we're ill. But you're laughing in Quran. Quran's being recited. You're laughing. Astaghfirullah. Allah Ta'ala is talking. <laughs> what the? You call yourself Muslims. Astaghfirullah. And look at the verses I'm reciting. Right? Do you think it's a joke? And you're, you're laughing now. You know, shaitan's you know, giving you umgul. Astaghfirullah. So note again, the, the verses were recited to those who were ill. So it's for the people who are healthy. It's for the people who are ill. It's for everybody. And where are the verses found? Right at the end of Surah Mu'minun. If you're a believer, you will register this. If you're not a believer, you laugh. Right? I just told you that the jinn was laughing at the Quran. You just laughed. You know, don't you use your uncle. Right? You know, what a wretched time to do that action. Well, I've just quoted the report. Do you think it's a joke? <laughs> Astaghfirullah. Mm. Right? You know, think about that. You know, if you do Tawbah for these things, you know, Astaghfirullah. Mm. You know, people say, Ashik, Ashik, what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The Quran is being recited, right? And you're laughing. Astaghfirullah. So then, going to the next verse. In verse 116, what is Allah? So, sorry, verse 75 to 36. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, in Surah 75, verse 36. <coughs> Does man think he will be soda? Allah Ta'ala is asking another question. Does man think he will be soda? What does soda mean? It means a camel that's just let loose. So if you let a camel loose, what does it do? It just eats and drinks. It doesn't do anything. So Allah Ta'ala says, do you think, does man think you're going to be left like this? The scholars say, this is what happens when a human being loses his purpose. He just becomes like an animal. He just eats and drinks. But he doesn't know that he's not created for that. Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Surah Qiyamah the developments of the, em of the embryo. Were you not this? Were you not that? Then you became a human being. Uh, then it says, has he then not got power to bring the dead to life? Allah Ta'ala goes, I will bring you back to life again. So note the arguments in the Quran. Allah Ta'ala is telling you again and again. He goes, you will be brought back. Don't be deceived. You're going to be brought back to the king. And look what the Quran says in verse 116. He is the king. He is the truth. These are two of the great names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's actually a hadith. But the hadith says, whoever says a hundred times in the morning, La ilaha illallahul mubin. Then he rattles the gate of paradise. He actually rattles the gate. So look how interesting. In that dhikr, you're using these names. La ilaha illallahul malikul haqqul mubin. The king, the truth. And what have you rattled? There's a rattle on the door of paradise. You're rattling it. This is a very powerful dhikr. You also sort your dunya affairs out, the report says, in Kanzul Omal. So this is another dhikr. La ilaha illallahul malikul haqqul mubin. The Quran says, Fata'alallahul malikul haq. Allah Ta'ala has put those names together. Now what's interesting? It's at the end of Surah Mu'minun. You're rattling the gates of paradise, meaning you're almost home. 
So where do you find those great names? At the end of Surah Mu'minun. Malikul Haq, the king, the truth. You're saying you are the king, there is no God but you, you are the king, the truth. Malikul Haqqul Mubin, the manifest. And if you rattle the gate of paradise, you will certainly enter. Think about that. So this is another zikr we should do. And also, like I mentioned, what does Allah say at the end of this verse? Rabbul Arshil Kareem. Rabbul Arshil Kareem. The Lord of the glorious throne. And what do we know about the throne? I mentioned this, but I'll mention it briefly. The hadith is in Hakim 2-319. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created four things by his hand. The Arsh, the pen, Adl, and Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Then he said to the rest of creation, Kun, be, and it was. So in this Sahih hadith in Hakim, four things were created in a special way. The first is the Arsh. The Arsh wasn't just created, Kun fayakun. It was created in a special way. So what does Allah say in this verse? Rabbul Arsh al-Kareem. Lord of the glorious throne. Why does he say glorious? Because I didn't create it in a normal way. The second he created in a special way was the pen. The first thing the Prophet said that Allah created was the pen. Amongst the first things. That wasn't created Kun fayakun. It was a special creation. Then Adan. Jannatu Adan. The Garden of Eden was created in a special way. And then finally, Adam, our father, alayhi salatu wasalam. Rest of creation, kun fayakun. So the Arish is a sublime creation created in a special way. Verse 117. If anyone invokes besides Allah any other God, he has no authority. His reckoning will be only with his Lord. And verily, the unbelievers are unsuccessful. Look at these beautiful ways. Allah is hammering a point through. What does he say at the end of verse 117? Verily the unbelievers are not successful. Look how beautiful. What's the very first verse of this surah? Successful are the believers. <laughs> so what? what's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing? He says in the very first verse of the believers, the believers are successful. He says at the end of the surah, the unbelievers will never be successful. So what is Allah telling you? He's completing the cycle. The whole surah is now completing. The believers are successful. Tells you what to do. Right at the end of the surah, Allah says, and the unbelievers, la yuflihul kafirun. They are not successful. Oh, beautiful. He goes, so if you want to know where the understanding of that is, read this surah. Why is this not the last verse? Because there's one thing left. What Allah Ta'ala says right at the end. Say, O believers, O my Lord, forgive and have mercy. For you are the best of those who show mercy. SubhanAllah. Why is that the last verse? Because Allah is saying, you can only be successful if I forgive you. In other words, all your deeds are all dependent upon my mercy. So in his great kindness, he gives you a dua. He says, say this. Oh my Lord. Grant forgiveness and mercy 
You are the best of those who show mercy. Now, what's interesting about this? If you go back just a few verses to verse 109, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Some of my servants used to say, O oh, our Lord, we believe. Forgive and have mercy, for you are the best of those who show mercy. So Allah is actually quoting the believers. He goes, these are the ones who are successful. He goes back to verse 109. And also about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a few things I want to mention. So in Surah 7 verse 151. Surah 7 verse 151. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there. You are the most merciful of those who show mercy. Look at these very interesting little differences. How does Allah describe His mercy? You are the most merciful of those who show mercy. Think about that. When people show mercy, they're merciful. When they show mercy, they're merciful. Who is the most merciful of those who show mercy? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah's mercy. Can you describe that? No, we can't. We're blown away by it. He forgave on the day of Makkah. He goes, Goal, you are all free. He is not the most merciful of those who show mercy. He's a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Here in this verse, he changes the word. He is the best of those who show mercy. Look at these beautiful differences. The most merciful of those who show mercy. Then he says, I am the best of those who show mercy. Why? He's telling you, look, my mercy isn't normal. My mercy is something you will see manifest. And also, just to add this, in Surah 3 verse 135, in Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 135, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions something else about himself. And this is something that people really should reflect on. What does he say about himself? Right in the middle of the verse. And who can forgive sins except Allah? Subhanallah. And who can forgive sins except Allah? That's a question. Is it really a question? Somebody goes, I know somebody who can forgive your sins. That's shirk, brother. Nobody can forgive your sins. They can make a dua for your forgiveness. If somebody goes, I know somebody who can forgive your sins, that's shirk. Only Allah can forgive sins. Now think about that. If there was another avenue, you could think, okay, I'll try that. There is no other way. You can try to get Allah Ta'ala to forgive you through the wasila. But it's Allah Ta'ala who is the only one who can forgive. Now think about that. That's Tawheed. If somebody goes to you, what shirk? When you think somebody can forgive your sins. And there's fruit cakes who believe that. They call themselves Muslims. Because people say, I'm going to take my sins on their judgment. And then you go, what are you talking about? And then he goes, no, he goes, he made a connection. We made a connection. Who's going to forgive his sins? <laughs> right? It's just a stupid statement. They can pray for your forgiveness. They can intercede for you if Allah, Allah wishes. 
But who ultimately is the only one who forgives? He is the best of those who show mercy. He is the most merciful of those who show mercy. He is the only one who can forgive. Allah Ta'ala also says, He is Al-Ghafir. He is Al-Ghaffar. Ghafir al-Dham. He forgives sins. Ghafir, one of the great names. What does that mean? Instantly forgives. Imagine, you've been sinning 20, 30, 40 years. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say, well, sorry. 40 years, you did a great sins. You are the, you are the OG. You were having OGs of sins. And you want me to forgive you straight away? Yeah, he'll forgive you straight away. Doesn't need blood. Doesn't need his son to be crucified, right? Doesn't need none of that bakwas. He'll forgive you straight away. He's Al-Ghafir. Anybody else like that? That he is Al-Ghafir. He is Al-Ghafar. What does that mean? He doesn't get tired of forgiving. You've done it again, I'll forgive you. You've done it again, I'll forgive you. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't say, what are you playing at? How many times am I going to forgive you? What are you doing? That's a human being. A human being gets tired. He is the one who doesn't get tired of forgiving. He is Al-Ghaffar. He is Al-Af. Al-Af. What does that mean? He forgives. He doesn't bring it up again. That is totally not human. Somebody goes, I've forgiven this person. You destroyed me, my wife, my family, my health, my, my career. But I've forgiven him. Then you go, can you forget that? How can I forget it, brother? You're not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Doesn't mean he forgets. He doesn't bring it up again. So look at all these beautiful things Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in his holy book about himself. He goes, don't despair of my mercy. I'm the best. I am the best. I'm the most merciful. I'm the instant. I don't get tired of forgiving. I won't even bring it back up. If people learn this, would they need to have other avenues invented? You know, the Christians, you know, they're really bachari. Because look, we're guaranteed forgiveness. Why are you guaranteed forgiveness? Because God gave his son. He sacrificed his blood, holy blood. Then you say, well, why does God need to, first of all, have a son? And secondly, why does he need to shed blood? Because he has to. Because our God instantly forgives. He doesn't even ask you for money. He goes, look, do an offering fast. Give Sadaqah, do this. Nothing. He instantly forgives. That's our God. And you're saying he has to be a human. He has to shed his blood. And then you think, look at the you know, irony of that. They, their whole kalima is pure kufr. Pure kufr. You forgot that. Only God forgives sins. Subhanallah. So Allah Ta'ala reminds us of that right at the end of this blessed surah. He gives you the dua. Oh our Lord, grant forgiveness and mercy. You are the most merciful of those who show mercy. So on the side of us, let me welcome you. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال كم لبثتم في الأرض عدد سنين قالوا لبثنا يوما أو بعد يوم فاسأل العادين قال إلا بثتم إلا قليلا لو أنكم كنتم تعلمون أفحسبتم أنما خلقناكم عبثا وأنكم إلينا لا ترجعون فتعالى الله الملك الحق 
we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts and I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. Subhanahu wa bihamdi zubanaka Allahumma bihamdika ishtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka wa billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salaamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal asr insan lafi khusr alladhina aamanu wa 'amilus salihat wa rawasib al-haqq wa rawasib as-sabr. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika.